In the days of my youth, I was told what it means to be a man. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. Impregnate a woman. What? That's what it is to be a man. Can you impregnate a woman or not? Oh, boy. Or wrestle a bear till it submits. (laughs) Those are the two. I like that second one. (laughs) Hell yeah. Bring it. Bring it, furry. Bring it. Uh, that's a, a certain percentage oh. of our audience will, uh, what? So we're on our little uh, weekend getaway, bro getaway, me and my two boys. Yeah, that's so and cool. And we, we go to uh, a lake area, and we're there, and the lake is really low this time of year, so there's a lot of uh, like muddy banks and stuff like that. It is a reservoir. And, um, and we saw giant animal tracks trying to figure out what they were. I just—they clearly Ooh, were not a dog or anything like yeah. that. I was thinking bear. Could be a bear there. After I showed pictures to my wife when I got home, they were clearly a mountain lion. Oh, um, that's obviously what it was. Because yeah. they're way too big to be anything domestic beast. Yeah. But anyway, I was thinking of the bear, and I was, <laughs> I was keeping my eye out for bears because we're out in the woods, and uh, these were fresh tracks. I mean, these were clearly recent. Oh my. Um, and I'm just keeping my eye out. Um, in case it's around, I didn't think it was that likely, but keeping my eye out while they're splashing around in the water. And um, and I told them the old joke, which they just not get. I, you know, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> they just could not grasp that well, that's joke. That's because you're their father, and making that joke is horrifying. Probably. I said, picture your best friend Cooper. If there's a bear, you'd say to him, you'd say to <laughs> Cooper, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. Yes. That means if you can outrun him, the bear eats your friend and you get away. He still didn't still didn't just quite piece together. While he's busy eating your best, you need to picture it, son. Picture it. <laughs> Maybe wow. that's what threw off the joke, was trying to picture your dad doing that. It was just so hard to come up with. Yes. Yes. So anyway, a uh, certain percentage of the audience will recognize uh, that line I threw. That is the first line from the first song. Uh, from Led Zeppelin's Led Zeppelin, their first album. Oh, really? Which is one of my favorite albums of all time. And what's the line again? I listened to it a zillion times. In the days of my youth, I was told what it means to be a man. Mm. Now I try to do all those things. I try to do my best to do the things the best I can. Anyway, uh, I bring that up because I came across this uh, article uh, claiming that 1969 was the greatest... A year for rock and roll, rock hmm. rock music. Okay, so this is like a, a while back I had the, what was the best year for movies, and a whole bunch of movie critics oh, yeah. decided that 74 or something like that, I don't remember, it was 70-something, mm-hmm. was the best year of all time for yeah. movies. Yeah, and these lists pretty much exist to be argued over. Oh, sure. Um, but... Uh, uh, I can make the argument is. 59 because I've come across a number of albums that came out in 59 recently. It's just 59 I'm, was a crap hole. Unbelievable no good that they all came no, out in 59. No, but anyway, please. Anyway, so 1969, Led Zeppelin's Led Zeppelin. Um, and, and well, the, the, the list has its own pleasures and it'll take shape. Uh, Dusty Springfield's Dusty in Memphis. Is that good? Uh, the hit I single know. was Son of a Preacher Man. I know that uh, song. It, it was really good, like okay. R&B. So Neil Young's Neil Young. Sure. Uh, more obscure, but one of my all-time favorites, the Flying Burrito Brothers, The Gilded Palace of Sin, featuring Graham Parsons and uh, Chris Hillman from The Birds, and it's just, if you like that sort of twangy rock, it's fabulous. The Velvet Underground's The Velvet Underground. My favorite um, uh, quote about that album is, not many people bought it, but everybody who did started a band, because hmm. that's the kind of album it is. It's just it was incredibly influential to musicians. 
Bob Dylan's Nashville Skyline. Joni Mitchell's Clouds. Uh, I don't. Well, she's she's brilliant, no, no doubt. But uh, Sly, chick, chick music. Sly and the Family Stone's Stand. The, Doesn't uh, one of them near live nearby us? Uh, Remember that story? Somebody from is that. it Sly himself? I think Sly himself lives around out here. In, out in the hills, just keeping to himself and I think stuff. So. He's a bit of a casualty. But uh, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just need to outrun Sly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I remember on an award show. Something tells me you could. Yes? On an award show, Sly and the Family Stone performed, and uh, he just came out. I don't know if you remember this. Yes. Guy, and he didn't sing a note or do anything, and then he went, like, right backstage. Yes. He took a tentative stab or two at his keyboard and then oh, left. Yeah, it, it was, was really very weird. It was weird. Uh, the Who put out Tommy in 1969. Mm. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, self-titled debut. Isaac Hayes, Hot Buttered Soul. Oh, yeah. Which my parents owned a copy of. Which is so out of character for my parents, it's difficult for me to describe. His second album featured four songs, four epic soul workouts. Haven't heard in ages. Nick Drake's first album. Uh, if you're into that, the Stooges put out. Hate the, the Drake. Uh, the Stooges put out the Stooges. Iggy Pop uh, was born, uh, father of punk rock. Santana, Santana, Janis Joplin. The bands, the band, which is another one of my all-time favorites. It's definitely in my top ten. Beatles, Abbey Road, King Crimson, Led Zeppelin's Led Zeppelin 2, same year as Led Zeppelin 1. Didn't know that. But we do not yet have a champion, my friend. I'm going in chronological order, by the way. Um, and for some reason, they group. Well, anyway, stay tuned. Uh, Jefferson Airplanes Volunteers, David Bowie's David Bowie. Creedence Clearwater Revival put out Willie and the Poor Boys, which is a stunningly great album. It's like every song is a single on it, but it's not a greatest hits collection. That was one of three albums they put out in 1969. So you did it back in the day, CCR huh? put out Willie and the Poor Boys, Bayou Country, and Green River all in the same year. So you don't do it like U2 or, you know, various bands. No, U2 went through a phase where they did that. Bad example. Yeah. Your various How about artists- the new Tool album, which a lot of people, I, I finally started listening to it, and if you're into elaborate music, it's amazing. I think it was 14 years since their last album. Mm, that's now, that's a hiatus. Almond Brothers, The Almond Brothers. Oh, that's a good album. Rolling Stones, Let It Bleed. Are you kidding? If you're not a big Stones fan, give me shelter. You can't always get what you want in a dozen other fabulous songs. Uh, Jackson 5. Uh, Got any their Partridge first Family in here? Uh, no. No. That was a pretty damn good year. Yeah, sure. Well. I would hate the sort of people that uh, put together those lists, probably. Music critics. They're so annoying. I've said for most of my life that when the revolution comes, the first people up against the wall will be music critics, as I despise them. I despise most critics of most things, even as I'm kind of a critic, I guess. It's a weird thing. But we approach it very, very differently than music critics do where all they care about is seeming smart and, and smarter and hipper than the musicians who actually busted their ass to make some art. I like the way, like, the New York Times, there, um, I, I read the New York Times a literature review every Sunday or Saturday night when I go to bed. That's one of my favorite things to do. But they usually have well-known authors writing about another book. So you're somebody that wrote a, a, a really successful history book, and now you're reviewing this history book. Mm-hmm. If they did that with music, where here's here's a, here's Bruce Springsteen reviewing the new album from you know somebody else. Yeah, at least that's got some meaning. These 
freaking have never done anything in their lives pompous asses right to spend their whole life sitting in their room with their headphones on complaining about how this album isn't very good you just want to punch them in the face yes <laughs> until the revolution comes oh Brrr. Brrr. that's right you've never done anything worth a shit in your entire life <laughs> yeah i know it ever Boy, this is getting really deep, but I I read something the other day at length. It was too long, but it's about how the great, the famous critic, was it Dave? No, it wasn't Dave Marsh. Uh, 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 Greel Marcus? Is that a, it's like your most famous rock critic of all time, but he was the... Uh, he was the father of the overblown, over-literary, overly, uh, you know, just grandiose... Uh, criticism, music criticism, and how he ruined criticism for the next 50 years because now every writer, they write a review of an album purely to prove what a great writer they are, Mm. which is just obnoxious and annoying. And it'd be so easy to be a critic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All you have to do is be bitter and be able to string together some sentences. The one we always use as an example for people who are film critics is it's so easy to say, the film was 15 minutes too long. (laughs) I mean, what a a devastating sort of piece of crap to say. You can say it about any movie you want. You don't have to prove it. It It's just nothing. Right. It's just, uh, yeah, I would have. You having made how many successful movies would have uh, 15 minutes too long. It resorted to too many of the classic tropes. (laughs) Whatever. All right. Oh, that sort of stuff makes my ass tired. Ah, and now I've reached that age. I try to do all those things the best I can. That's the second line from mm. the Led Zeppelin song. Mm. I, I'm a lyric guy. I've got to I know all of all of them. My wife thinks I'm a freak, like a Rain Man guy, because a song will come on I haven't heard for 25 years, and I remember all the lyrics. I can't remember stuff I need to know. It's uh, mostly got to do with, well, repetition part of it, but um, putting it to music, I guess. And I've always wondered if I, I used to think of this in college when I was memorizing stuff. Why don't I put the preamble to the Constitution? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Things I I need to memorize to a a cool rock and roll beat and then memorize. I wish I could shove out a lot of lyrics. A song will Mm. come on. That's just so embarrassing. It's, I would yes. never sing it out loud around anybody because I'd say, you know the words to this song? And I think, how do I get those out of my head? Is it be possible to get that out of my head? I had a song pop into my head this morning when I was getting out of bed. I'm not even going to tell you what it was because it's too shameful. It was a soft rock wuss hit of the sure. 70s. And I, how the hell did that get into my head? I mean, it's literally the moment I was waking up. And um, I can remember the name of the band and I remember most of the words. And it's like... Wow, if only you could clear out the attic so there's room for better stuff. But it's not the way the brain works, I don't think. Like all my passwords. I had a moment uh, when I checked into the hotel with the kids. She asked me my zip code, and I could not come up. And I thought, this is not good. Oh, I told you, I think, about the time I just woke up from my nap. And I had to, uh, one of our kids was sick, so I had to run to the pharmacy. You didn't know their name. And I'm groggy. <laughs> no, I remembered her name. I uh, You, Blondie. I'm uh, quite groggy for a while after I wake up. And they asked me, uh, what's her birth date? And I could not come up with it. And, of course, <laughs> when you get then nervous, 
There's no way you're going to get your brain to work. <laughs> and so I was like, the harder I tried, the more nervous and red-faced I got, and the more looks I got from the pharmacy personnel. And they're quietly dying the phone. We have an abductor of some sort here or some weirdo. Well, I'm there in person, and they're l- looking at each other like, oh, my God, the involved dad doesn't even know his little girl's birthday. Oh, my God. Or he's God. making this up because he's, uh, he's high on the kid's medicine. Right, exactly. He's just a dimetap abuser. <laughs> Whatever the hell I was picking up. <laughs> anyway. 1980 was a good year for music. Olivia Newton-John brought us Xanadu. Yes. Good point. Well, <laughs> I guess that's it.